COVID-19, you can't really go a day without hearing about it for the last couple of years, but what about the aftermath? It's called post-COVID-19 syndrome, and a lot of people are trying to make sense of what it is, how you know if you have it, and more. Joining us to answer some of those questions is Dr. Viren Call, Division Chief for Pulmonary Medicine and Critical Care Medicine Specialist at Krauss Health. This is Krauss HealthCast, and today we're talking about post-COVID-19 syndrome. I'm your host, Maggie McKay. Welcome, Dr. Call, and thank you for talking with us today about this relatively new syndrome. Thank you for having me, Maggie. I am very um, excited that we're actually talking about this so we can help people understand what post-COVID-19 syndrome is and how how we can all deal with it together. I can't wait to hear about this because there are so many conflicting reports about it. So for starters, what is COVID? What is post-COVID-19 syndrome? So the way to think about post-COVID-19 syndrome or post-acute COVID-19 syndrome, and it's been colloquially called long-haul COVID syndrome, right, is it's when symptoms of COVID, they persist past what we are now calling four weeks. And it's a little bit arbitrary, the four-week period, because we are essentially saying that, you know, the virus itself has stopped replicating, and now it's the sort of fallout from the initial insult. So it's those persisting symptoms going on and on after four weeks. And the symptoms sound like so many things we all experience anyway for other reasons. So can you explain what the symptoms are? So I just want to highlight that Post-COVID-19 syndrome, while it has its own name, it's not very. It's not the first time we have experienced this. This can happen after any severe infection. It can happen after other severe respiratory infections as well. And post-COVID, what we are seeing is that you can have symptoms across a whole spectrum. So it's not just one or two things. So just maybe going head to toe maybe that might be a way to do it, Mm -hmm. is you can start with symptoms that affect the brain. So you've heard about brain fog. What that Mm -hmm. means is that you can have difficulty with memory, with cognition. And these can be sometimes not as discreet as you would think. So it can be hard for patients to communicate this with their care team, which is why they can be a little disconcerting. You can get fatigue, body aches, muscle aches, headaches, okay? But then there's the part where it affects the uh, psychiatric part of your symptoms. People can get anxiety, depression, their sleep can be very disturbed, and then PTSD, right? And these manifestations actually have been reported in about 40% of people who have uh, survived COVID-19. So it's not a small number, right? Coming down, it's your lungs. And you can have shortness of breath that lasts a long time. You might require oxygen for a long time. Your exercise capacity, ability to, you know, do things that you normally would have done goes down. And again, that's very distressing, right? Because so if I am able to today go to my job and then after unfortunately going through COVID, I'm not able to return to my job, that's huge. And so just because you're not in a hospital doesn't mean you're not feeling sick. 
similarly, it can affect your heart. There's something called as stress myopathy, which is, you know, when you've gone through so much illness, you can have inflammation in the heart tissue. You can get issues with the electricity in the heart, something called as arrhythmias. Continuing down, your kidneys can oftentimes take a huge hit and may take a long time to recover. A reduction in kidney function has almost been seen up to six months. It might be even longer as we learn about this. And then it can affect your blood. And we've heard about this clotting from COVID. And we have to understand COVID infection, it's a very inflammatory state. So in, for lack of a better word, your body is angry. It's just angry and very inflamed. And part of that is these clots. And these clots can form in legs, in the lungs. People can have strokes. And so those risks can continue after COVID, though, they're not as frequent as some of the other symptoms. And then there's some other things like hair loss. So 20% of COVID survivors actually have reported hair loss. So you put all of this together and it really can impact a number of different systems. So it's not one or two things. So if you're somebody recovering from COVID and you're feeling all of these things, it is important to tell your caregivers all of those things. Right. And so you said about four months if it's persisting after that. Is that how you know you have it? I mean, because, you know, maybe you have one or two of them and you think, oh, it wasn't from the COVID. When do you know when to see a doctor about it? So that's a good question. It's four weeks from your symptom onset where we start saying, okay, you have post-COVID, you know, these symptoms that are going on, okay? Now, how long they can last, that's a tricky question. We, like I said, We've already seen the studies already shown that they last well into two, three, four, six months or even longer. Wow. So when should you talk to your clinician, right? Typically what the sense that is coming out is that, you know, at four to six weeks, once you are sort of getting better, maybe talking to your primary care or depending on your symptoms, talking to somebody at that point is a good idea. And then if they persist, you know, we might even need to see people regularly, maybe every few months. So, doctor, how is it treated? How is post-COVID-19 syndrome treated? So this is the part that is very difficult. And the reason I say difficult is because there's so many things that can be involved, so many issues, right? So one specialty cannot, is not enough to address this. So I think if you look at a lot of major centers now, and even before COVID, we're creating these clinics they call post-ICU clinics and now post-COVID clinics. So facilities that have these post-COVID clinics are trying to get multiple specialists in there to gather so they can see what is affecting you and who can help you. But broadly, depending on the system involved, you need all those specialists. So you may need a lung and heart person to help if you have shortness of breath or oxygen requirements and not able to exercise. You may need a blood doctor if there's blood clotting issues involved. Kidney doctors, if it's the kidneys. Uh, and a neuropsychiatrist. Like I told you, the neuropsychiatry symptoms are pretty common. So somebody who can deal with that. And then the primary care is central and essential because they really can help the patient navigate and guide them towards which specialty or which service can be most beneficial to them. Now, one specialty or service that I really want to give a shout out to is our therapists, our physical therapists, occupational therapists, speech therapists. A lot of recovery 
from sickness that is severe like this is about reconditioning, is helping people get back into their ability to exercise and, you know, exert and increasing their tolerance. And their involvement, rehabilitation involvement is critical. So our rehab colleagues more than ever are super important in recovery in post-COVID scenarios. So if there isn't one of these clinics near you, you have to go to all those different doctors possibly? Right, and that's the challenge. That's exactly right. So oftentimes, let's say you don't have ability for everybody to see you together, it becomes even more essential that your primary care and your maybe lung doctor, if that's your main symptoms, helps you coordinate with all of these people. And it can be a lot, right? Because it's not just seeing the person. You have to go there. It's a burden on transportation. It's a financial burden. It's, it's a lot of effort, right, for the patient. Does insurance cover this, the post-syndrome? Yes. So symptoms after, you know, acute sickness, if they need care, absolutely most insurances should be covering them because, again, you've seen this. We see this with other illnesses too. So they should be covering these. Now, as a specific diagnosis, it is being recognized increasingly. So that is making things very easy. But while we're on that topic, you know, the financial burden after you've been sick with COVID is huge. And I know that's not maybe part of what we were going to talk about today, but I don't think we can separate that from the medicine, right? Absolutely. So there was a study showing that I believe around a quarter of patients are, they declare bankruptcy wow. a month after being admitted for COVID. And that's a lot of burden. And, and how can we expect people to be able to seek care? So clearly as a healthcare system, as a society, we are learning the deep impact of this. Mm-hmm. I'd like to go back for a minute about the symptoms. Does it matter which variant you have, whether it's Omicron or Delta or any of them? Is it all pretty much the same symptom-wise? So it's hard to tell, right, because we are seeing Omicron come through now, right? And then there was Delta and the original wild type before that. But what is, you know, a little bit clear is that the sicker you are, chances are that your symptoms are going to continue longer, persist longer. Right? right? So if Delta was the variant where people were sicker and more impacted, what I'm, I think is going to be shown is that, you know, those people have longer symptoms. We're going to find out the burden of Omicron. So far, it, indication is that it's more transmissible, but maybe not as uh, destructive. But I don't know the answer to that right now. From Delta, we know that this is persisting for a long time. Right. And what do you tell patients who have gotten maybe a little bit casual about their prevention? Because, you know, it's been around now a couple of years and some people who haven't been affected at all think, oh, I'm not going to get it if I haven't gotten it by now. What would you say to them? I think the key here to understand is that at the end of the day, it's not going to impact us as individuals. It, you, one person may not get impacted, but the effects of COVID in the population will affect us all, whether that means that we have staff shortages, so you don't get care for other diseases, for example, or you get sick when you do and you're not able to go to work, so economic impact, or you have somebody who at your home may be impacted because they may do, maybe don't have adequate immunity. So I think thinking about each other as a society I think leaving the politics aside, because everybody's very heated, and I understand that, right? So leaving right. the politics aside 
and I think trying to do reasonable things. So I do think that at this point, the data for vaccination is pretty clear in the sense that nothing is perfect, but it is preventative, especially for severe infection, right? Mm -hmm. We know that. It doesn't mean you're not going to get COVID, but prevents hospitalizations and that decreases it. So I do, and there's a good safety signal. Nobody has, there's not been any significant population-wide horrible impacts. So I think understanding that data is clear and, you know, going ahead and getting vaccinated is key. I think reasonable population health measures are important, right? I don't think shutting businesses down is viable two years into a pandemic because it's people's livelihoods. At the same time, you know, if you're going to be indoors with a lot of people, it's impossible to know who could have an asymptomatic infection. So doing simple things, wear a mask in that situation. Right. So I'm a big believer in moderation. Is there anything else you'd like to add that we didn't cover? I think the key here at this point is a little uh, bit to be a little, you know, kind to each other. It's, I think it's, I, I cannot stress that enough. I think uh, your healthcare workers, your essential workers, or people in restaurants or right. patients, I think everybody is going through a hard time in one way or the other. And we may not understand why the other person is going through a hard time, but I think it's a safe assumption that they are. And just, you know, trying to work with each other and uh, maybe letting cool collaborative heads prevail is, I think, the way out of this pandemic. Kindness is key always. You're right, Dr. Call. Thank you so much for clearing up some of the mystery behind post-COVID-19 syndrome. If you'd like to find out more, Dr. Cole is welcoming new patients. For an appointment, please call 315-701-2550 or visit www.krausmed.com. Thank you for tuning in to Kraus HealthCast. I'm Maggie McKay. Be well.